You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. Welcome back to Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott. Today we have another episode of the Prep Talk. I'm Graydon Prescott, KB. You know what it is. We're ready to go. Uh, KB, how you been? Good, good. Glad to be back. Uh, Looking forward to today's conversation. A lot of good stuff to cover today. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's dive right into it. First thing we're going to talk about today, we haven't been on since the Aces won their championship. The Aces secured back-to-back championships. They're the first team since the 2002 um, LA Sparks to win back-to-back championships. What are your takeaways? 20 years. 20 years. Since that's happened. Yep. Um, I did watch the entire series, um, those first two games. Obviously, the The Aces got out to a really good start um, here at home on the first two games. Uh, Really, it wasn't much that you could could offer from the standpoint of New York Liberty. I think they just needed to... Uh, bring in a whole new slate right. <laughs> and, you know, try to figure out their game plan for, for game three when they got back to to Brooklyn. And um, they did that. They did, um, absolutely. Game three was r- really good for them. I think gave them a lot of energy, gave them a lot of confidence um, after it had been taken in games one and two. Yeah. Um, everybody from the Aces in games one and two, I felt, had really good games. Um, you know, the point guard... Um, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea Gray. Gray was just incredible. Kelsey Plum was hitting her shots, uh, also making good passes. Uh, can't say enough about um, you know the MVP. You know Asia Wilson was just dominant, um, and they had all of their starters. And then you know to to go into to to Game Four and a little bit of Game Three. Yeah, the end of Game Three there. Yeah. They, they lost a couple. Kia Stokes was out. And you know, point guard. Chelsea Gray was out um, coming into to game four. A lot of people anticipated that New York was going to tie it up. Yep. Um, so just to see them grind it out uh, in that game four, um, I was certainly surprised, you know, by what I saw from, from the, the aces uh, to have two role players on. And big shout out to – and I know we're going to talk about her in a little bit. Sydney Coulson, um, you know, her defense was just incredible. Didn't give them a lot on the on yeah. the offensive end of the ball, but guarding one of the best guards in the WNBA in Sabrina Nescu, for her to hold Sabrina um, in check the way she did, you know, from the scoring standpoint, I just thought was unbelievable. And to do it when a, a couple of games earlier – uh, Sabrina had told her to to get her A to the bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know, um, you know, Sydney was motivated and she probably came in with a little bit of an attitude. Yep. Um, and did a really fantastic job of locking her down. And I think were it not for that role player, um, they may have been in to a, a game five. Yeah, absolutely. One of my biggest takeaways was I think Asia Wilson proved herself as um, – 
the clear best women's player in Rating the world MVP, right now. She should be. Yeah. Um. Sub, um. Not Sabrina. Brianna Stewart, obviously. Right. She won the MVP. Asia didn't feel too good about that. And I think this final series, Asia really proved herself to be this not only the superior player, but the MVP of the league. Um, when you look at how they faced each other, when they were guarding each other, you know, Asia really outperformed Brianna in all facets of the Absolutely. game, not just scoring, but, you know, rebounding, assists, defense, um, field goal percentage, defensive rating, offensive rating. Asia really outperformed her in every aspect of the game. She had her fingerprints on everything. And I think this series would have been a lot closer had Sub- or Brianna played better, but with Asia defending her for a large percentage of the time, it just wasn't going to be as easy. And Asia is obviously two-time defensive player of the year now as well. Um, she's one of the best defenders in the league. And Brianna struggled with Asia guarding her. So my biggest takeaway was Asia Wilson is, um, I think, far and away the best player in the world. Not not only that, Gray. I think, you know, Asia had a dual responsibility down there. Sometimes she was on Brianna. Now, I know that they tried to have... Um, um, Oh, man, what's her name? Kia? No. Um, t- 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 Alicia. They tried oh, to have yeah. Alicia Clark guard because they played together. They did they, in right? Seattle. They, they were teammates. Championship so, and so Alicia knows her very well. So they tried to have Alicia Clark guard her at different po- stretches in the game. But Alicia did have to guard Brianna, and she had to guard John Calzones. And to to go up against that two-headed monster and to still be efficient both defensively and offensively, I think you're right. I think she proved her mettle. I think a lot of people who voted Brianna Stewart, and shout out to Brianna, she's a hooper, but I think that people got a little bit forward on their skis when it came to that MVP voting yeah. for the regular season. And I think that Asia Wilson probably took that, took umbrage at that, probably took that as a slight, like, yo, what are you doing here? It is yeah. still me. Yeah. Um, and she proved that decisively in this series. Yeah. And with the Aces and the Liberty, they're obviously far and away the two best teams in the league. Going forward, I think you could see them matched up in the finals a few more times. Yep. But I don't see a reason why the Aces could be knocked off um, anytime soon. They won the championship in game four with their point got out, with their starting center out. And a lot of people are saying, oh, they missed two starters. And we'll know they missed three of their starters from this year because Candace Parker had the foot injury Correct. from midseason. And Correct. they still continued to be the best team in the league and won the championship um, down three of their best five, six players. Well, so. I, I think that, you know, during the regular season, um, New York played them well. But I it, it appears to me that what New York did not account for was that some of the struggles that the Aces had was just in adjusting, like you said, without Kia Stokes, without Candace Parker, and then without Chelsea Gray. Yeah, um, That's a big adjustment to lose three of your starters, two of your perennial starters, two of your starters from last year's championship team. That's a huge adjustment. And so when you lose Candace Parker, when you lose Kia Stokes, um, and I know that Kia was available for some of those games, you know, that the two teams had, but Candace certainly wasn't. Um, and to lose her, that's a big adjustment. And so I think it took a little bit of time for the Aces just to kind of ground themselves. But once they figured it out, oh yeah, it was over. It was. Uh, Katie barred the door. So I think that maybe going into next year, they're not going to have this this overconfidence, which may have been what 
uh, Kelsey Plum was alluding yeah. to when she talked about, you know, the lack of chemistry and, and from her perspective uh, on that New York Liberty team. Yeah, they've got a bunch of great individual players, but how well do they play together? How well do they move as a unit? Yeah. Um, Sidney Colson and Sabrina kind of got into it. Yes. Um, in that series, Sidney was talking a little bit. The Aces were up 2-0. Um, they were beating the Liberty by 30-something points. Sabrina um, says, take your to the bench. A to yeah. the bench, yes. Uh, and that trash talk is something that is kind of controversial in women's sports. Uh, you see a lot of times on the men's side where people trash talk and they literally, with Draymond Green this year, stomp on people's chests. Right. And nobody um, takes umbrage to that. But then... At the same time, you get a little bit of trash talk on the women's side, and there's a lot, there's a much bigger backlash Correct. to Correct. Um, that trash talk. And I, and I think that is something that, as um, society keep, continues to move on, as sports continue to develop, that should end up going away. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's sports, and people are going to be Athletes are athletes, yeah. Athletes are athletes. Um, and it's just as competitive as the men's side. It's just, you know, you're not having people dunking in windmills, but it's basketball. Passions and are still yeah, high. Yes. It's basketball. Yes. Like, there's still high stakes. There's still pride involved. There's still teams that maybe not don't like each other a lot involved. And I think that trash talk is something that we have seen a lot more of on the women's side um, with uh, Kelsey Plum and Jonquil Jones, which we'll get to right. with Sydney Colson and Sabrina and um, Caitlin Clark waving off Raven Johnson. Um, and Haley Van Lith, she got yeah, in a little bit. And then, of course, the very famous Angel Reese, Angel which Reese. we've talked about a lot. Um, what, what are your, what are your, what's your take on this? I think you are absolutely right. You're putting your finger on something that is percolating out there in society. I think that these women are fantastic athletes. Um, they put as much work in as anybody else, uh, as any male hooper. Um, and, and this is independent of sports, whether it's golf or tennis, uh, you, basketball, you name it. Um, these women are working just as hard as the men and sometimes even more so. And I have seen that backlash. You know, it's, it's funny. I, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were, um, posting some stuff on Sports Prep Live's Twitter page, now called X. And we saw that Slam was doing a poll. And they were basically asking uh, about Hoopers, who should be on the cover of the upcoming issue of Slam magazine. And so we responded, based on the year that this individual had, Caitlin Clark. We don't think Caitlin has been on that magazine cover as of yet. Yeah. And the sheer number of guys that came at us because we would dare uh, posit the name of a female Hooper for the cover of Slam magazine, and not as if she would have been the first. It's just that based on the years she's had, right. it's really deserving. Um, they came at us pretty aggressively. I mean, foul language and everything, and started to talk about the fact that these are women and they weren't real hoopers and no one is interested in female hoopers. And I'm probably more invested in sports than, you know, these, these basement analysts, uh, you know, <laughs> thumbing away on their phones. Um, you are probably more invested in sports 
and not probably you're you're certainly more invested in sports so we we get a a broader swath of what people genuinely feel about athletes in general and so i mentioned to this person and i wish i had their handle at at my disposal because i would put a put them on blast i mentioned you know it's it's odd that you would have that take because there is Kobe Bryant, who was a true fan. There is Kevin Durant, who is a true fan. Right. There is LeBron James, who is a, a true fan of the women's game. There is CP3, Devin Booker. I could go on, Steph Curry. And so for a guy to have the take that no real guys are, are really interested in women's sports, I thought was just beyond the pale. And so when I mentioned that to him, his response was, well, they're only doing that for, for PR, Right, that the NBA is compelling them, forcing them to take that view publicly to make everything nice. Um, so, yeah, I do understand that that view is out there. It is erroneous. It's wrong. It's, I I enjoy watching female hoopers. They're, they're some of the purest shooters in the game. Ask Sabrina Inescu yeah. and what she did in the three point contest. Um, so, yeah, I I think that trash talk has to be recognized as just a product of the game male or female. If you're an elite hooper or an elite athlete and you're in the throes of competition, that's going to come out, male or female. Right. And I think some of the best examples of that are what took place, of course, with Caitlin. But an example that doesn't get talked about as much is um, Diana Taurasi and Skylar and Skyler. Uh Yeah, that, that issue escalated. They almost came to blows. Skylar is no longer with the team. Right. Uh, well, she she's technically still on the roster, but she has not. She's um, been away a long time. Yeah, she hasn't been. Uh, she hasn't participated in any team activities in close to two years yeah. now. So yeah, those those trash talking incidents in women's sports they're they're gonna keep coming, and I think we uh, we need to stop having as much backlash as there has been. Because at the end of the day, it's athletics, and athletes are athletes. It's, yeah, it's a competitive I, game. And I think guys, and, and I'm really calling out guys here, should stop viewing that exchange, that competitive exchange between women, as you know, caddy. Right. Uh, you know, it's not caddy. It is just hard-fought competitive sports, and no one wants to lose. Yeah. Everyone wants to win. Everyone has that that passion, that fire independent of your gender and so hopefully in the next few years that goes away as players as players on the female side demonstrate we've got this right we we are no worse than than the men are in terms of you know our elite prowess at our given sport yeah i'm graden prescott here sports prep live i'm here with kb we are doing another episode of the prep talk yes and we're, we're discussing Trash talk, sexism in sports, aces going back to back. Let's move to um, some of some instances that we've seen of sexism in sports. Mm-hmm. You and I had a discussion recently. Um, we were talking about a cover of Sports Illustrated. Right. Jimmy Butler was on the cover of is, Sports is Illustrated. Is on the cover, yes. Yeah. That issue of Sports Illustrated. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. He had a great year. Made it all the way to the finals. Had an all. He had a great playoff run. Um, KB, you had an issue. I did. Yes. Uh, go ahead and tell me again what that issue was. Again, so this goes on the heels of you know that poll that Slam put out and um, asking who should be on the cover of the magazine. Now, one person in that poll, 
in that response to us did make an interesting point. You know, their position was why would they put a college basketball player, independent of gender, on the cover of the magazine when the NBA is about to kick off? Right. And so I thought, okay, that is a reasonable argument. But to look at Sports Illustrated, um, and Jimmy is on the cover. Yep. There is a, a cover story within the magazine. But then there's a larger spread, a larger story within the magazine about, you know, the aforementioned Caitlin Clark. And my question is, if you're going to put someone on the cover of that magazine and you're putting them on the cover based on accomplishment, what did Jimmy Butler accomplish in the last year that would warrant him being on the cover? And if you compare that to what Caitlin Clark accomplished in the last year, in my estimation, it's not even close. It's not like you put Jokic on the cover who won an NBA championship, right? It's, it's not like you put Steph Curry on there who I think led the league in scoring again. But to put Jimmy Butler on there, as great as he is, and I know he's a closer, but he wasn't a closer last season when it came to the championship, um, I just found that, that a little bit wanting. And I think that contributes to the feeling from a lot of folks that what do women have to do to get the same level of respect? Because there hasn't been a player, male or female, that has had that kind of year that Caitlin Clark had this year in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and we we went back and forth about that. Um, I am one who believes that Caitlin, of course, she'll end up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Her time will come. She had a very um, very good article written about her in the magazine. Um, I think I understand that right now that's the issue. Tip-off NBA season. Um, the, the season is just getting started. I think I understand their thought process of putting an NBA player on the cover. And Jimmy did make it to the finals last year. He had a great playoff run, knocked off Giannis and them. They won 58 games, made it through the play-in, first play-in team to make it to the finals, yeah. all, the, all these things. Yes. Uh, so I understand why Jimmy would be on the cover um, and why they would maybe wait a little bit because you know Paige Beckers has been on the cover um of Sports Illustrated as well that's a women's college player right now but I think specifically this issue they were putting an NBA on the cover NBA player on the cover just because there was a the NBA season is kicking off right now and the women's uh college season doesn't kick off for another couple of weeks oh, true but then I would my retort to that would be there was April in May, in June, in July, in August, and September. Still, and bad. maybe October. It's that bad. might have been a November I mean, issue. It's the off season of basketball. <laughs> it's the off season. True, true, true. All of that is true. But I think that her performance warranted some recognition. It did uh, by the publications, and I just don't feel I, I've seen her in a lot of things, but I, I haven't seen her grab you know that 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 holy grail that they all. Uh, uh, are, that that is most sought after, and that's the cover of the magazines. I've seen Caitlin in a lot of advertisements. Um, yes, she. Yes, she's I, getting recognition. She there. is. She is. She's got her. Uh, she's got her nil deals with Nike, Hy-Vee. Uh She just did one with State Farm. 
Um, so Caitlin is getting recognition and indeed she is her cover athlete her or her cover will come um, without question. I think just right now, starting off the NBA season, obviously you're going to want an NBA player and why not put a pretty well-known NBA player? I mean, LeBron's been on the cover a million times. Steph Curry's been on the cover a million times. I'm sure they asked Jokic to be on the cover. But what what do you think he is going to say? Jokic wants to be in Serbia riding horses all day. Right. So right. He, he doesn't want to do it. Well, I will come back to you in a few months, you know, when the college season is really underway and see if your opinion has changed. Unless. L- look. Unless. I, no, no, no. I never said that Caitlin doesn't deserve to be on the cover. You yeah. got to listen to me here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this right specific now. issue. Right now. The NBA season is kicking off. And I think it, it makes sense. You're going to get the most sales off of an NBA player being on the cover. NBA preview, what what will unfold this season, our predictions, yada, yada, yada. It makes sense to have an NBA player just from a marketing perspective. It makes sense to have an NBA player on the cover right it, it, now. It may, Grading, um, but 12 million viewers is a lot of viewers. Just wait till we get till the w, to the women's basketball season. Fair enough, fair enough. Right. You just got to be a little bit patient. Yes, you can come back to me in a few months. Also, in a few months, uh, public service announcement, I will have my driver's license in a few months. Okay. I'm very excited about that. I'll be turning 16. Uh, I've been looking forward to having my license for a long time, but I never really thought about what car I wanted. Right. Um, So, a few days ago, my parents took me to a dealership. Okay. And I took a Ford Bronco for a test drive. Nice, yeah. nice. It's 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 a really nice car. A lot of different colorways, and it's very similar to to um, what's the word? Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, it's very similar to a Jeep Wrangler. It drives very nice. Um, it's enjoyable. It's it's got some room to it. I think it would be a great family car. A great car for athletes who need to have their you know basketball, football, the lacrosse, hockey, whatever gear. Right, is roomy. Um, it's fun to drive. Uh, I took it for a test drive. That okay. was fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, had a, I had a great time. Yeah. That seems like, um, it's, it's interesting that you say that because that seems like an, an athlete or a high school or college players, like optimal vehicle. Right. I, I seem like I see a lot of young folks in, um, you know, the Ford Bronco, you know, it's got a, and they've completely changed. Um, you know, the, the history of the brand because it, it, it has a yeah. very infamous history, which we won't discuss here, <laughs> even though it's cl- kind of related to sports. Yeah. Um, it has an infamous history. But I think with the Target demo that they're going after right now, um, uh, they've really kind of done an, an excellent job of, of kind of vacating, you know, yeah. what people like me, you know, my age group, um, remember about the Ford Bronco. Right. But good for you. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And it, I think it's a really good car. So Thanks. you're going to have a lot of basketballs in the back of it. Oh, I would imagine. of course. And golf clubs. Yes, golf clubs. Got it, of got course. it, got it. Yeah, and I didn't ever think I would um, want to try out a Ford Bronco when I was younger. But I got to say, I was impressed. I was very it's impressed. A very, it's a very cool car. I it's like them. I, I've cool never car. been in one, but I, I like them. I like the colorways that they have out. So it's a very cool vehicle. And I think you're probably the target demo. That's probably why you like it so much. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about it was my mom breathing down my neck about my test drive. Yeah. Like, oh, I got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've talked about the aces going back to back. We've talked about sexism in women's sports. We've talked a little bit about trash talk, and there, there's another story with trash talk that you touched on a little bit, but we didn't really get into detail. Yep. Um, 
Kelsey Plum, after the Aces won the championship, this isn't a direct quote, but I'm paraphrasing a little bit. She said something along the lines of, um, you can't just throw players together and call it a super team. Right. Um, They were playing as individuals, not as a team. They were playing for themselves, selfish or whatever. Correct. Not as a team. Whereas the Aces, they've, they came up together. They they were drafted, homegrown. They move as a unit. Right. So they're a team. They Yeah, they move as a team. And uh, Jonquil Jones... Took umbrage. Yes, she did. Um, she wasn't happy. She responded to Kelsey. Uh, so that's just another instance of trash talking. You can go into more detail. Uh, in fact, I want you to take the floor here and go into a little bit more detail about what that was. I really don't think that there was a big problem with what Plum said. Yeah. It is true. They were constructed, the New York Liberty, to face off against a super team. And credit to the general manager that thought, hey, in order to compete with the Aces, we're going to need to have a baller at spot one, two, three, four, and five. Mm -hmm. So the idea is the right idea. But I don't know that you're going to be able to pull a championship out of that in year one. Yeah, that's true. And so for Plum, I think she was simply giving voice to that reality. I don't know that it was meant as a dig uh, to the Aces. You know, she's in a conversation. They're asking her about things. And she gives a, a real statement about this is not easy to do. It isn't just having great players in positions one through five. Yeah. That those great players need to understand each other, where they like, where each other likes to get the ball. What are their preferences? Uh, what are their idiosyncrasies? How do you communicate with, you know, each of the other four players on the floor? If I if I'm one of those those five, the Aces have figured that out. Yeah, and they figured it out because they've done it for so long together. Yeah, and so I was a little bit surprised that uh, Jean Kell was so offended by her comments. Now. Chelsea did come out or Kelsey uh, Chelsea did come out and defend her teammate and Kelsey did come out and clean it up a little bit but the point still stands I don't even view that as trash talk I think that that was just a recognition of hey this is the stage that they're at they have the personnel but now they have to get that personnel on the same page if they're going to want to win championships yeah and if John Kell Jones doesn't realize that, she's going to be mired in the same situation that she is in now, which is getting close, but not getting to right. her, her, her final goal. And here's another thing about that. I don't think a lot of people agree with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways, yeah. because I think it's true. Asia Wilson said that they are not a super team, that a super team is constructed through free agency and um, built just to win championships. And, of course, each team is trying to win a championship. And I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Aces are a super team. The Aces are a homegrown team. You mean New York Liberty? No, the Aces are not a super team. Okay, the Aces are not a super team. Here's why I say this. I think they're the best team in the history of the WNBA. I think they have one of the best players in the history of the WNBA. Um, And I think they are going to continue winning championships. Mm -hmm. Here's why I don't think they're a super team. They didn't sign Kelsey Plum in free agency. They didn't sign Asia Wilson in free agency. They didn't sign Jackie Young in free agency. They drafted those three. Yes. Chelsea Gray was acquired through free agency. Okay. That's one. But the rest of the the rest of the players that were really in that core of the team that won them the championship, 
I'm talking about the playoffs right, now, right. aside from Candace. Um, we got Jackie Young, homegrown. Asia Wilson, homegrown. Kia Stokes, homegrown. Right. Kelsey Plum, homegrown. Right. So all of those players are homegrown, homegrown talent. That's why I don't think they're a super team. You, if when throwing a team together, that's a quote unquote super or team, or at least an attempt at creating a super right, team. Right. That's yeah. what the Liberty tried to do, and the, the Brooklyn Nets tried to do. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people know about that Brooklyn situation. I don't think we need to get into detail there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's my opinion on the Aces, and I think they're going to continue to win championships. I can't say that I disagree with that. That is a really good assessment. I yeah. actually cannot say that I disagree with that. All right. Well. This was another very, very interesting episode of the Prep Talk. KB, it's been great having you here. It's always fun to sit across from you. Of course, of course. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm great and Prescott. As always, have a great day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you.